Before we get started with today's episode, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors, Alert Communications, Law Clerk, Clio, and Abby Connect. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. So if I was starting today, as a new solo, I would entrepreneur. Right. You have to communicate that and solo. figure you out. You have to change the way they're practicing. I wish that they'd done it earlier. Do that by organizing what it means to be fulfilled. Make it easy to work with your partners. New approach, new tools, new mindset, new solo. And it's making that leap. It's time for another episode of New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I am your host, Adriana Linares. With me today, I have two incredibly impressive attorneys, Michelle Fonseca Kamana and Tally Goody. Did I say that right, Michelle? Yeah, spot on. All right. And then Tally Goody? You got it. Got it. I love it. And then um, I'm just going to spell those out in case people want to Google you, or we're going to tell them how to find you on Instagram because that's what we are here to talk about. Tally is T-A-L-Y Goody, G-O-O-D-Y. And Michelle Fonseca is probably how it sounds, dash K-A-M-A-N-A. Well, thank you ladies so much for taking the time to come on New Solo and chat with me. I invited you onto the show because I consider you two of my favorite Instagram stars. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You all had a post on Instagram where the two of you and a third attorney were doing a seminar of some sort. I think that's what made me think how smartly you all are using social media. And that's what I want to talk about. But before we do that, I'm going to start with Michelle. Michelle, you are the Lemon Law Lawyer. And I I like your website. I'm going to just pull it up real quick because one of the things that I really like about your homepage and this is again, like just always thinking about helping lawyers make good decisions about their websites and technology and how they're communicating. I love the way your website says the lemon law isn't just part of my practice. It is my practice. Some law firms know a little bit about a lot of things. Not me. I know a lot about one thing, lemon law. That's pretty cool. (laughs) How did you get it? Yeah. Right. (laughs) How did you get into lemon law And, and explain what lemon law is in case someone doesn't know what it is, or maybe they live in a state where they don't have lemon laws. Cause I don't think every state has lemon law, right? Right. Every state has a different lemon law. So the states really vary widely. Um, California has the strongest lemon law. So I'm very happy that I practice here. But in a nutshell, it's really the law that protects consumers when they buy a defective vehicle or RV. So you usually have that manufacturer's warranty when you buy a car and that warranty protects you if anything goes wrong. They have to pay for the parts and labor. But what happens sometimes is that despite multiple repair attempts, your car's not going to be fixed. And when that happens, that's when you want to talk to a lemon law attorney because you are entitled to your money back or a replacement vehicle. And how did you, not to look at you and think, oh, wow, you look pretty young, but you you both look like young lawyers. 
or you're just going to have to tell me what you're using on your faces for your skin products. And maybe it's a combination of both. But how did you get to a niche like this in a, what's, I'm assuming, a young career? Have you been a lawyer for a long time? I've been a lawyer for coming up on seven years. So I passed yeah. the back in 2014. Yeah. I, I started young, you know, graduated college at 17, you know, oh college and law school at 24. I just kind of kept kept it pushing. So I, I have had quite a bit of experience under my belt, but surprisingly, I didn't start out doing lemon. I started out doing criminal defense and that's where I got a lot of my in-court experience. And that's, I think, where a lot of the confidence comes in with my civil litigation now is that I'm not afraid of the courtroom. But what happened was I took a job out in Fresno doing criminal defense, and I just wanted to get back down to Southern California. So I took the first job that really popped up and, and gave me a job offer. And it happened to be at a Lemon Law firm. You know, fast forward, turns out I was very good at it. I went on to work at a different law firm where the name partner had been doing this for 30 years. So he took me under his wing, really taught me the ins and out of the law. And a time, the time came where I had to make a decision whether I wanted to continue his legacy and take over his practice or start from scratch and, you know, do it on my own. And I chose option two. Oh my gosh, that's so brave. And and believe me, a lot of my listeners hear conversations like this, and I'm sure they think that too. Oh my gosh, that's so brave. But you did it. And so how long have you been out on your own? Just over a year. I, oh my I gosh. Started, yeah, like three weeks before the pandemic hit. So it's been, <laughs> it's been a roller coaster. So I, I truly believe, you know, if I can do that, you know, all of you guys can do it in 2021. For sure. If we can survive, especially new practices, new new law firms can survive. Um, you're right. We can definitely do it moving forward. Now, Tally, and looking at your website, one of my favorite things that I, I found on your website that you said, which I think is important, and I want you to tell me why you felt this was important to say, is you wrote, or your um, homepage says, Tally Good Esquire founded GLG and brings a refreshing twist to old school law firm techniques and outdated methods. So tell me, were you at a firm that had old school, like Fred Flintstone's law firm, and, and you thought, well, you you guys probably don't even know who the Flintstones and the Jetsons are, but that's the example that I always use. So were you at Fred Flintstone's law firm and decided you wanted to go work for George Jetson? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really was at a law firm prior to opening my own firm. I was working in Century City doing art law and art litigation. Art at law. A firm. Yes. Very interesting niche area of law. And it was just, you know, it was a great experience, but very traditional. And I wanted to bring my own style and authenticity into my own firm. So that's kind of why I added that on my website. I was like, you know what? I want to feel like, you know, it's not what you're going to get at every law firm you go to, you know, like the typical traditional lawyer. I want to, you know, I want it to be a little bit different. You wanted to be George Jetson's law yeah. firm. <laughs> Jane, exactly. his wife. Um, well, that's great. And so how long have you had your practice? It's been a year and six months. Okay. Oh, good. So the two of you are sort of in sync. And are you two good friends or how did you get to doing presentations together on Instagram or together? Were you friends before or did you somehow meet over Instagram and decide you'd make a dynamic duo? Like, Tell me the backstory between the two of you. So we actually met in an organization called Justice Headquarters. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, um, tell us about it. Basically, it's just a really great community for lawyers to unite and work together. And it's there is 
a workspace, but we also collaborate with one another. And most attorneys in Justice HQ are consumer attorneys or plaintiff's attorneys. Mm-hmm. And so we, it's, it's really good, you know, opportunity to use to, you know, especially me, I, I switch practice areas. So I went from art law to personal injury. So I, I joined this organization because there's so many good resources, so many great people that have knowledge that want to share, you know, and there's people in all different experience levels. Like we're kind of the newbies and then there's the more experienced people. And so anyway, I met Michelle through that organization, through Justice HQ. And where is it located? It has several locations. Oh, um, interesting. There's one in downtown LA. There's one in Orange County. I think they're opening one in San Diego soon. And there's going to be one in Torrance, which is close to where we are. Yeah, it is. So um, Tally and I just figured out that we're probably about two miles from each other right now, if even, because I'm in our LA office, as I like to call it. (laughs) And both of you are based in California. So that's really great. Cool. So the two of you met at Justice HQ, hit it off. And then tell me, were you using social media Personally or professionally, before you independent, each of you decided to go out on your own, how did social media become, um, and maybe it's not, maybe I'm blowing it up and it just seems like it's more important than it is, but tell me a little bit, I'll, I'll let you go first, Michelle, about social media and your practice. Yeah. So prior to opening up my own firm, I had a personal Instagram page, but I, it was a private account. You know, I knew all of my followers. It was just a very small group of people where I was just sharing, you know, whatever I felt like sharing, but I wasn't on there very much. But when I started my practice, I could see that social media Mm. was going to be a great tool for me. And when I started, I also knew I didn't have a whole lot of money to spend on advertising. So I saw that social media was a way for me to get free advertising out there. You know, whatever I posted, I could just blast it everywhere, you know, repurpose it from LinkedIn to TikTok, to Facebook, to Instagram, and really just be my, my biggest hype person. Because if, if no one knew who I was, I was never going to get those clients to be able to serve them. So I knew I needed to get my name out there somehow. And social media seemed like a good way to do it. Excellent. What about you, Tally? For me, I had my own personal account. Mm -hmm. It was public. I kind of would just post traveling pictures and things like that. And then when I opened my own law firm, I created a Goody Law Group account. So my firm's account on Instagram. And then a few months later, I created a TikTok with Goody Law Group. And so I started with those platforms. And then basically after posting, you know, on TikTok and Instagram, I started to convert my personal account into more of a of a legal account as well. So they can kind of put a a face to the firm. You know, I wanted to be like a goody law group and then I'm the founder and it kind of like, you know, if they go back and forth, it's consistent, you know? So that's why I decided to change kind of the style of my personal page and, and make it more legal related. Okay. So you're on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, linked Twitter. I'm not on Twitter yet. Michelle, are you the same Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, linked, but no Twitter? Yep. That's interesting. So I stalk you both on Instagram and your posts are amazing. As a matter of fact, I just want to pull a couple of them up and I want you to break down how you do this. I'm going to start with Michelle, I think, (laughs) because you had one a couple weeks ago, Michelle. Let me make sure I'm in the right place. Michelle, your Instagram, say it out loud while I'm putting it in. It's at West Coast Lemons. West Coast Lemons. So you've got your profile picture, you have 2,500 followers plus, 
It says, Michelle Fonseca Kamana Esquire, founder of West Coast Lemons. You've got a little lemon in there. California Lemon Law Extraordinaire. I love it. Here to serve California info only. Yahoo Finances 2021 Game Changing Women in Law. Congratulations. That's pretty cool. So that's all in your bio. And then you've got your website link down there. Then under that, you've got categories, which I want you to explain categories. You've got a section for RVs. You've got a section for cars, frequently asked questions and awards. The one that I really liked that I saw the other day was your the most common mistakes people make when buying a car. So I want everyone who's listening to this to get on Instagram and go to West Coast Lemons and find this post. It's on, let's see, March 24th. And it's it's you and you don't even say anything, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> you're playing music. So there's background music, but you've got text on top of it that says the most common mistakes people make when buying a car. Agreeing to all the extras the dealer says you need, not reading all the paperwork, not knowing. So you've got all these little clips, which I assume are your frequently asked questions (laughs) and the questions that people mostly ask you. And I think this is brilliant because anybody could need a Lemon Law lawyer. So I think a lot of lawyers are afraid that the platform isn't going to meet the consumers. But for you, and I imagine for you too, Tally, and I didn't ask you about your practice, but you said you do personal injury. Yes. Anybody who's going through here could need a law- either a lawyer like you. So tell me a little bit about what it takes to create these <laughs> very clever, very information-filled stories on Instagram. So for me, I, you know, I'm on my phone a lot anyway, as you know, most millennials are. So I try to do something called strategic scrolling. Basically, you know, I'm scrolling anyway. But when I'm looking at other people's reels, I'll look at it through the lens of, can I do something with this audio or is, you know, what they're doing with the text, something that I can repurpose as well. And so I'll go through. And if there's an audio that I like, like for that one, for example, the Britney Spears, like, oops, oops, oops. I was like, oh yeah, all the oops is, is is what I see going wrong all the time. So what I do is I'll save the audio so I can go back to it later on when I when I shoot because I, I don't look like this every day. I'm usually, you know, no makeup, you know, hair is a mess. But I'm strategic with when I shoot this content. So I'll have my, you know, hair and makeup day and then I'll have all my saved audios. And then I mm. keep notes in my notes app with the audio name and then the idea that I have so that when I do have these shooting days, I can just go back and pull it up and say, okay, I'm going to shoot this with this audio. And this is the text I'm going to add in. And it just streamlines the whole process so that it really doesn't have to take a lot of time if you're strategic with it that way. And Tally, yours, okay, so let's break down your profile real quick. It's really good too. Tally Goody. Oh, wait, this is your personal blog. I got to go find your other one too. But um, personal blog, attorney and founder, scales of justice, so cute. At Goody Law Group is your other one. So your personal one references your business Instagram. Vegan and animal advocate, empowering aspiring lawyers, which is another thing I want to talk about with you too. And then you've got schedule a meeting with me. And then you use Linktree, which I use too. And we should talk about that in just a second. Let me click real quick on Goody Law Group. Lawyer and law firm, Los Angeles, Angeles, practicing personal injury and employment law, founded by 
references your personal Tally Goody Esquire, schedule a free consultation and back to Linktree. And then you do the same thing. You Three reasons why insurance companies want a recorded statement from you after you get injured. Also very well produced. So you do the same thing. You, you find a frequently asked question, you freaking cram this Instagram with information. And um, tell me about the process that you go through for making these posts. And then do you also put them on Facebook and linked the same ones? Do you repurpose the same ones? Yeah. So my process is pretty similar to how Michelle does it. My home base app where I film everything is TikTok though. I don't film on Instagram. Oh. I don't know why. I, I just feel like Instagram reels for me is not user-friendly. So I've only filmed all of my TikToks or I use them as reels too on TikTok. You know, once I post it there, I'll transfer it to reels, repurpose it, and then I'll repurpose it onto Facebook as well. The same one. Same ones. And my process is pretty similar. Like I'll, I'll schedule maybe once or twice a week where I'm going to film. And before that film day, I make sure I know exactly what I'm going to film. So it's not like I'm wasting time planning when I'm supposed to be filming because that way it can turn into a full day filming. And you're like, oh, I didn't even do what I wanted to do. I've had those frustrating days before where I felt like I wanted to get stuff in and I didn't get one good piece and I spent so much time on it. So power of planning is so important mm. when it comes to content creation. Oh, that's a very, very good tip. Okay. Let me back up and just explain some basics in case we have listeners that don't know what these things are, but you probably have to explain it to me. All right. So Instagram has typically a one minute length for its posts. And then, then that's the normal Instagram where it all started, where one minute length and it could be a movie or just a series of pictures or just a post with nothing moving, just a regular picture. And then Reels is their longer version of a post. Reels is only 30 seconds. That's the oh, max you can do. Yeah. 30 seconds. And then IGTV slash stories can be longer. IGTV can, I think that's, I'm not sure how long. I think that's very, as long as you want it to go. Yeah. Uh, stories is only 15 seconds per story. Okay. So there's all these different types of posts. It's so confusing. Even I have not had time to figure it all out, but let's go back to another thing. So when it comes to Instagram, your tip is plan ahead, create good content. And when you say film, are you doing all these on your iPhone, Michelle? I am. Yeah. iPhone and a ring light. iPhone and a ring light. What about you, Tally? iPhone ring light. That's it. And then you're using apps or I suppose, does TikTok have most of the ability to edit and produce the videos within it? And that's maybe why you use it over there? Because I find that with Instagram, I've got to go use Unfold or some other program in order to really add all the bells and whistles that I want. TikTok for the most part has the basic functions that you need. Now, if you want to make a really advanced looking video, you might need to use like those video editing apps. I usually don't. I, I just kind of stick to TikTok and then good transfer them over. But I have to remove the watermark. That's very important because the know, TikTok the watermark. watermark, you have to remove that before you post it on Instagram because apparently Instagram will not push your stuff out in the algorithm. If it so, has the TikTok. And I don't know how true that is, but mm -hmm. you know, I try to stick to that if that's what they're saying. Okay. Let's take a quick break. We've got a new segment we're going to be doing for a while here. It's called the Legal Trends Report Minute from Clio. It's a fact. Solo law firms stand to benefit from technology adoption 35% more than larger law firms. This is based on data that shows how key technology solutions for lawyers helped solo practitioners earn $50,000 more than other firms on a per-lawyer basis. I'm Joshua Lennon, lawyer-in-residence at Clio. 
In today's world, technologies like online payments, client portals, and client intake software help lawyers deliver the types of online services that have become essential to legal practice. But while solo law firms tend to benefit the most, we've also seen that they've been slower to adopt these types of cloud technologies that today's clients look for. To learn more about the unique advantages that solo attorneys have over other law firms and much more for free, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for solo law firms at clio.com forward slash solo. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O. All right, we're back. I've got Tally Goody and Michelle Fonseca Kamana with me, and we are talking Instagram. We're going to talk TikTok now because I can assure you there are lawyers out there who are rolling their eyes going, TikTok, my 12-year-old is on TikTok watching videos of skating and dance breakouts at the, well, not at the mall because nobody goes to the mall anymore. But tell me about TikTok and getting on TikTok, deciding to add that to your platforms of social media. And, and I want to hear from both of you if you get clients from Instagram and TikTok before we even move on to the other platforms that I know you use. Why don't you start, Michelle? Okay. So I recently got on TikTok. Most of my social media presence was on Instagram, but I, I finally made the jump and gone on TikTok. And really it's kind of the same strategy as Instagram. I repurpose a lot of my stuff. I actually film everything in Instagram because I don't think TikTok's user-friendly. So it's oh, really funny. <laughs> That's funny. You're opposites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I repurpose it that way, but there are certain tools that TikTok has that Instagram doesn't. For example, the voiceover ability. <laughs> I did a Sex in the City themed one where the I needed the voiceover to do the the whole Carrie Bradshaw, you know, talking over the the mm -hmm. last scene. So I do use TikTok for for certain specialized videos like that. But for the most part, I'm shooting an Instagram and going on TikTok. But what really changed my mind about it was, you know, for a while I wasn't seeing anything, but then I started getting calls from people on TikTok saying, oh, I found you on TikTok. And I was shocked, to be honest. I mean, as yeah. much opponent I am of social media, TikTok, I was still a little bit hesitant about because, you know, I wasn't getting the views and the, the range I was seeing on Instagram. But then when I started getting, you know, leads from it, then I was like, okay, we're, we're on to something. And I know that, you know, Tally is fantastic at TikTok. She's the queen of TikTok. So, you know, I'm here to learn from her too. Wow, that's amazing. Let me ask you, Michelle, before I move back to Tally, what apps do you use other than the native apps for Instagram and TikTok to produce your videos, if anything? So I use Canva a lot. It's great for, you know, some of those covers on the reels and just mm -hmm. for a lot of, you know, I do a lot of reviews and settlement announcements. I do it all directly from Canva and it's very low cost. I think it's like 120 a year and it's yeah. got a background remover that is just killer. You can, you can take photos in, you know, your backyard and, you know, take away the background and suddenly you've got this professional photo of you in a suit. So I highly recommend that. And let me explain just real quick too. So Canva is a cloud-based web-based subscription service that allows you to create really good images, content, collateral. So you can do movies, you could do a Facebook post or a Facebook cover or an Instagram post or an Instagram cover. You can create brochures from there. You can design a logo. So it has a lot of functions. It does have an iPhone app, probably an Android app too. And I pay for it as well for $120 a year. It's like a no brainer. Just 
considering I, I produce a lot of content for the bar or for my consulting business. So I agree that Canva is worth it. Even if you're not going to use it for the purposes that you're using it for, Michelle, it's a nice tool. It's like Photoshop, but for dummies, but better. Okay. okay and then you were going to mention another one. So I've also started using InShot for certain things. I think that was the one where it'll give you automatic captions. I think Instagram's kind of rolling this out anyway, but you know, you can upload a video. I, I did this Lemon Law song where I was singing a song about Lemon Law that I made up, but I, I wanted people to be able to read it and not just rely on my, you know, not so ideal singing voice. <laughs> so I, I plugged it into InShot and it would put the text out there and it looks cool. It was like nice fonts. It wasn't like some of the captions that you see that are kind of, you know, ugly in one note. It was like kind of bigger lettering and it'll go along with your voice. So I thought that was really helpful. And I don't think I paid for that one either. So that one I highly recommend, especially if you want to start getting on the caption train and, and have it look pretty. That was a good one. Yeah. I like InShot. I'm using it. Of course, it's taken me forever to create a long video of a bunch of short videos. So you can stitch the videos together and then you can individually edit those segments, stitch them together and even have transitions between. So for those of you that aren't familiar with these tools, it's a little bit like taking PowerPoint and combining it with something like Canva. So you have transitions and you've got text that you can overlay. You've got music you can overlay. You can shorten a video. You can do all sorts of creative things. So it is a little bit time consuming. Any other apps that you want to mention, Michelle? I think that's all I use. That's pretty simple. Okay. What about you, Tally? Um, The apps that I use... I really keep it simple my, myself. I don't feel like I use anything. I do use video leap sometimes. If I want to get more into, you know, fine tuning a TikTok. And sometimes, for example, when I want to repurpose a TikTok to Instagram Reels, keep in mind TikTok allows you to post a video up to one minute. Instagram Reels is only 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, prior to repurposing, I would just have videos kind of go a little bit longer usually on TikTok. But now that I'm repurposing, I want to be able to cut them. And so sometimes you want to cut them from the middle of the video and you can't do that through just the regular app. So you have to use these other apps to do it. And it's really complicated. I I don't really think it's user-friendly. I still am trying to figure it out, but um, (laughs) Video Leap is the one I use. And then do you, have you also had a positive response from potential new clients or clients through both or one more than the other? Yeah. So TikTok was actually amazing for me. Like when I started posting on TikTok, keep in mind, this was when nobody was really on TikTok. So I Mm. took advantage of it. I started, I was on TikTok in like January, 2020 before the pandemic, everyone started getting on TikTok during the pandemic, like during quarantine. And so I feel like it started getting saturated at that point. A lot of people coming on. But prior to that, I had a couple viral videos. And after that, I got two of my biggest personal injury cases from TikTok. That's amazing. And and from one of them, I have gotten five other referrals because it's all in the same area. And so they're referring other cases to me. And I'm like, this is amazing. So it's, it's crazy how, you know, you could use these free apps and you don't have to even, you know, pay for marketing and you get free. Is this yeah. is the thing that's so amazing. And all these people who think, you know, and I do realize too that if you are a, a business developer and you're looking for a commercial real estate lawyer, maybe you're not going to find him or her on TikTok. You might find them on Instagram. 
But I think for the right areas of law, which both of you have, which are very consumer, average, normal person could need your services, it's obviously very par- powerful. I mean, it's it's a testimony, what both of you are saying. And then tell me about, what about compared to Facebook and LinkedIn? Are you just like, ugh, I don't even bother with those. My, my grandparents you know, are on those sites. I feel like LinkedIn... I've heard a lot of positive things about it. I just haven't gotten to the point where I've been keeping up with it because everyone is saying LinkedIn is amazing. I've made so many connections. My husband actually uses it. He's also a lawyer and he's gotten a lot of case referrals through LinkedIn. Me personally, I just haven't used it. I do want to get onto it, but it's just one other platform that I have to keep up with, you know? So I'm a little hesitant about it. I have a profile. I'm just not active, I guess. You're TikTok and Instagram heavy. Light on LinkedIn, Facebook? I basically just, whenever I post on Instagram, I just copy it onto Facebook. I don't do anything outrageous on Facebook. Michelle, what about you and the gamut of platforms? Yeah, I started getting more on LinkedIn, especially with certain videos. I don't post every video from Instagram to LinkedIn. I do think it is a more conservative professional Mm -hmm. audience. So some of them I don't think are geared towards that. But some of my videos that are, you know, about the legal profession in general, or even, you know, a joke about, you know, I posted one where it was like when defense counsel threatens to go to trial and it's just, you know, me laughing with some, you know, obnoxious, like Kevin Hart laugh, you know, those kinds of things, you know, bring you to top of mind. And honestly, I think if you're able to make people laugh, they, they're more likely to like you. If they like you, they're more likely to trust you. If they trust you, they're more likely to refer cases to you. And so that's been kind of the cycle I've been going through with, with my content and LinkedIn has done, you know, I've gotten referrals from LinkedIn. I've gotten cases from consumers finding me on Facebook. I'm not on there very, very much either, but just having that presence there. And then the other one I forgot to mention was YouTube. I also have a YouTube channel and I've gotten clients from there as well. So it's just, you know, you just have to be out there. It doesn't need to be, you know, videos all the time, but as long as you're out there, it's it's going to help people find you. Do you think, and Tally, answer this one first and then we can ask Michelle. Do you think people go to TikTok or Instagram to find a lemon law lawyer or a personal injury lawyer? Or is it, they're just on these platforms because they're fun. You somehow end up in the algorithm, you get shown to them, and then they're like, oh, I could use a lemon law lawyer, or my boyfriend got hurt at work yesterday. I need to call this lady. I think it's both. And I, mm. I actually noticed that, you know, all my videos that I post that are geared directly to personal injury, I will hashtag personal injury lawyer, person, personal injury California. And I recently just went on them. I was like, mm, I just want to see, like, what are the top posts? And my videos were the top posts for personal injury, California, personal injury. And so I remember I had gotten random people commenting saying, Hey, I think I have a personal injury case. Can you reach out to me? And then I'd start messaging them. So I think it happens in both ways. I think sometimes they're scrolling because when I got that one big case, she called and said, it's so crazy. I was scrolling and I, I needed a personal injury lawyer and you popped up on my main page. And I was like, amazing. I'm like meant to be. (laughs) And then on the other hand, I have people searching the hashtag. So I think it works both ways in that sense. What do you find, Michelle? I completely agree because I've gotten, you know, clients both ways where it was, you know, oh, I just happen to be scrolling and they they see me enough to where they follow me. And I'm pretty constant about, hey, I do lemon law, but I try to say it in different ways. It's not so much like, 
do you have a lemon? I can help you, you know? So I, I do try to be top of mind for mm-hmm. when that day comes that they have a lemon or their friend or family has a lemon. But I also, with the hashtags, you know, I do hashtag lemon law, hashtag attorney lawyer, all that stuff. And some people are looking for it. So I've gotten a lot of people from YouTube and Facebook that are actively looking for a lemon law attorney, or they're, they're looking at information regarding a video I posted. So they'll find me that way. That's amazing. I want to just say out loud that you've said twice, I want to stay top of mind. And that's a really important marketing term that when I have marketing experts on here, we talk about that all the time. And a lot of times, you know, social media might not seem the first place that somebody would go to advertise if you're a lawyer. But what happens is if you are constantly showing up in someone's feed, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn, you're always top of mind, meaning they might not need a lemon lawyer now, or they might never have thought about needing a personal injury attorney. But when the time comes that somebody, whether it's themselves or a friend, needs that type of lawyer, they'll go, oh, I I can think of one because you are, quote, top of mind. So it's a really important marketing term to keep in mind. And it might not happen overnight and it might not be from one video like the both of you are are very active. And and you said, Michelle, you know, I show up a lot once they, you know, like and click one time, whether they follow you or not, you're going to show up again when they go looking for, um, like when I hit search or sometimes it'll, you know, videos you might like, the algorithms are freakishly... Nosy, I guess is the term. <laughs> okay, everybody, this is the final question for our two guests, Eric Ganchi and Robert Southwell, who, in case you missed it, have been doing a question and answer series during our new Insights segment. And I want to make sure and thank Noda, powered by MT Bank, for their support of this segment. To learn more, please visit Trust Noda and OTA. So it's trustnoda.com. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, Robert, this is your last chance. I'm just kidding. I know Eric will always be happy to answer questions for you. What's your last question for Eric? I'm just wondering, Eric, who are some of the trial attorneys you thought were most effective, either people you learned about or read about? Who are maybe some of your top ones, and what do you think made them a particularly good litigator in the courtroom? So I have names for sure of people that I just love, 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 and I think that they're fantastic. It won't do you a whole lot of good if I just, like, roll off a list of names, um, unless you happen to know these people, which maybe you do. But I will instead talk about the traits that I love about them. And that's kind of what you asked me anyway about what makes them particularly effective. So, and I'll break this down with lawyers that are on the same side of the V as me. And then there are also lots of lawyers that I have went against opposing that I thought that they were fantastic lawyers or that I thought that they did some nice things. So lawyers that are on the same side of the V as me that I think are wonderful at trial, the traits that I'm looking for are if if they know how to really listen well. So trial is like so much preparation, 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 preparation. But then when you get in, into the mode of doing the trial, you have to be so prepared but you can't be married to a script or a list of questions that you have. You have to be very good at knowing what you want to ask, but then having a very real conversation. And that comes in terms of people that are really good listeners. So you have a witness on the stand, whether it's direct examination or cross-examination or voir dire, and even really opening and closing to a certain extent, although jurors and you know judges don't talk usually during closing and opening, but you can 
tell by body language and, you know, eyeball language and like that kind of stuff. But you're just getting a feel for what people are listening to. How are they taking in your information and how are you responding to that? And with having a witness on the stand, when you're really listening to them and then you're responding, you're not just rolling through a list of questions that you have prepared. You're instead having a conversation with them. And that makes it so much more real to your audience i.e. the jurors or the judge. So having lawyers that really know how to listen, and that comes part I'm being prepared. I liken it to music also um, because I have a, a background in music that when you like woodshed stuff and you're practicing your instrument, you're practicing like rudiments and like the basic stuff and you're practicing scales and you know, long tones and that kind of stuff. But then when it comes time to perform with a group or if you're doing a solo for like an audience, you're being present in the moment to really take in what's happening so that you can respond with other players or respond with the audience and know how to present your art that way. Lawyers that are on the other side of the V, it's actually a, a very similar, or have you know, similar likes and dislikes about that. It is so much easier when you're going, when you're opposing a lawyer, if they are prepared and if they know what they're doing and if they know the law very well and in trial procedure, those lawyers I love going with <laughs> or against. The lawyers that are very difficult to go against or to oppose are the lawyers that are like super fresh, really hungry, but they don't know what they're doing. So they don't have experience. They may not have talent or understanding as to like law, civil procedure, or that kind of stuff. It's kind of like dealing with like a, a baby vampire if you're into like vampire mythology and, and novels and stuff where uh, – baby vampires are born and then just they're just like terrors where they just like eat everything and they're just killing everybody and sucking blood everywhere. And it's it can be really frustrating. You know, I've never been around a baby vampire, just read about them, but I can only imagine how exhausting it would be. But if you have a newbie lawyer on the other side and if they're doing that and they're just hungry to win as opposed to really knowing what they're doing, that can be really hard to, to deal with because you're needing to understand what they're doing how they're doing it and why it's wrong and then know that law and then how to stop it from happening because a lot of times judges either may not intervene because it's not their trial, you know, probably. They may just want to stay out of the way, although most judges that I have dealt with would jump in and like put a, a kibosh to a lawyer that isn't, is doing something improper. But also, you know, jurors, how they perceive a lawyer that's just going, going for the jugular, even if they're doing it wrong, jurors may not know if they're doing it wrong. They could just see, wow, that person's really passionate. They must really believe in what they're doing. Therefore, they must be right. And that can be a, a very dangerous position to be in. So the main things that I love about lawyers, the lawyers that I love is preparation and listening. Those would be my two biggest things that I can say about that. Well, Robert, I can't thank you enough for kind of coming on as a guinea pig and doing this for us. I'm sure a lot of my listeners are really going to appreciate your questions and Eric's answers. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I hope it helped. No, it did. I really appreciate some of those answers. And anytime Eric wants to come on and I can pick his brain, be happy to do it again. Hey, you know what? This has been my absolute pleasure. Truth be told, any chance I get to be around you, Adriana, is just a complete blast. And and it's so much fun. It's important with the legal field to really give back to others, even though you you want to advocate, and that can be so stressful, but you know, lawyering has so much of the good that we can give back to our communities and to each other. So I am more than happy to always do this, but especially if you ask me to, I will do it. We should probably do that. That's a great idea. 
All right, everyone. I hope that was as helpful for you as it was for Robert and fun for Eric. Look for more new insights in future episodes of New Solo with new guests. Your legal work requires your full attention. So how can you answer all the phone calls from newer existing clients while juggling your caseload? Try Abby Connect, the friendly industry-trained live receptionist who are well-known for consistently providing high-quality customer service, lead intake, and appointment setting to firms just like yours. Visit abbycom forward slash LTN or call 833-ABBY-WOW for your free 14-day trial and $95 off your first bill. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Signing up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Use rebate code NEWSOLO to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. Okay, and we're back. We're having a great conversation with Michelle Fonseca Kamana, Lemon Law Lawyer in California, and Tally Goody, personal injury attorney also in California. One of the things that I love about both of your feeds is that, yes, you post about what you do and frequently ask questions, and you're certainly gearing a lot of the content toward potential customers and clients and people who just have questions about your areas of law. But the other thing that both both of you do is inspire others with some of your posts. Let me do Michelle first, because this one came up and this was <laughs> a Calvin Harris song that you did on the back end, which <laughs> all of us that are over 40 are going to have to go Google Calvin Harris. But just so you know, he used to be Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Is that right? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's right. All right. So here's one from Michelle, which is inspirational. She writes, sometimes we can be our own worst enemies. So I'm here to remind you that you can do whatever you set your mind to and work your ass off for. And then you've got a little music and then the the, lay, the overlaid text says mind over matter. You can do anything you set your mind to. Hustle, go get it, go after it. And then let me pull up one of Tally's. You do a lot of good ones too. And, and yours are geared toward, I think you do a little more female focused. I yeah. think. And aspiring lawyer focus too. Yes. Yeah. Aspiring lawyer. Yeah. Young lawyers. Oh, here's one. Okay. This is another good one. And they're so personal and sweet. And I mean, you, you both are so endearing. Before starting law school, I definitely had moments when I felt lost and unsure about the direction I was going with my career. Given that I didn't make the decision to go to law school until my last year in college, even then not being 100% certain, I felt behind with the whole process. And you've got this really long post. I mean, you put it out there. You're not afraid to share how you felt. And obviously you're doing very well. So that's part of the inspiration as, as well. But what makes you want to share those types of things with, with other lawyers, other women, and even your, your, your followers who are potential clients or staying top of mind for? I just remember when I was going through the process, I felt like every time I asked a lawyer, how do you like your job? It was always, oh, Ugh. don't be a lawyer. I hate my life. You know, all this negative chatter. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to be the light because more oh. people need that these days. And I, I felt agree. like, hey, why not? I have the opportunity to share to women, to men. I'm not just, it's not just women. I try to be for anybody. But no, I, I think, know, I know. I think women gravitate towards me in a sense. But, you know, I try to show them like, hey, if you're going through a rough time, I've been there. I try to be relatable because I think yes. that's really important when you post on social media. I don't think you try. I think you just are, both of you. 
And I think that's a lot of your personality and your persona on these sites is you are both very genuine, very likable and relatable. I mean, you don't even have to try. It just happens. I mean, I think that's the most important thing is to be relatable, to be authentic. And, you know, to go to like, you know, when you're posting, you don't want to always post, Hey, I'm a personal injury lawyer. You want to show more about you. Like, let's be a storyteller about your life and what, and I always think when I'm posting things, I want to provide value to the community. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like I want mm-hmm. to just post to say, Hey, look at me. I'm, you know, I'm so cool. I want to be like, this is what I'm providing to you. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? You do the same thing. You really put yourself out there and, and, and share and say, Hey, you're not the only one that's struggling. We've all struggled. And I agree with Tally that hearing that is always important, but what makes you want to put it out there too? I think it's just my own personal experience as, you know, a younger female, you know, Latina attorney, you know, Mm -hmm. lawyers just kind of suffer in silence. But, you know, when especially, you know, we have these women's roundtables with Justice HQ where, you know, everyone is just completely honest about, you know, the disrespect they got at court that day or just the (sighs) these struggles of, oh, you can't wear that. You know, you can't wear skirts. You can't wear shorts. Like, why aren't you wearing pants or wear certain colors? Do your makeup a certain way? Like we all go through these struggles in trying to find our identity in a very conservative industry. And so I felt a lot of just relief being able to talk about it with the other women of Justice HQ. And so I decided to take kind of that message and that openness to social media to say, look, we all go through this. It's okay. You're not alone, but there is strength in knowing that you're not the only one going through this. So hopefully that gives people, you know, a little bit more confidence to really live their truth or to stand up for themselves if they do end up in these situations. It's so nice to hear. I mean, it's always so nice to hear positive thoughts, but too, you know, this is something I talk about a lot, having been doing this for a really long time. And I only work with lawyers, right? I only know lawyers. I live with a lawyer. It's lawyers all day for me. And the one thing I know is when you are practicing an area of law that you love, that you're passionate about, you're going to be a happier lawyer. And I, I see both of you obviously doing that. Tally, what makes a good video on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube? Like, what are the elements that you would say make a good video? So... Like I kind of mentioned earlier, the number one thing you want to think about when you're posting a video or anything, whether it's a photo or video, you want to know what is this video? What's the purpose of this video? Mm, Is it providing humor? Is it providing relatable content? Is it educational? Those are the top three things you want to post about, you know, relatable, educational, funny. And then you also want to say, okay, it's providing value in some way in, in those three categories. And I, you know, like I also mentioned, authenticity is so important. Like you don't want to be out there pretending to be somebody else because it's going to show through that video that it's not you, you're, you know, you're being somebody that you're not and Mm. people are going to be turned off by that. So you want to keep it your style in whatever way that is. And I think people will appreciate that. Like, oh, that's funny. I've never seen a video like that before, you know? So I think those are the main important things. And also consistency with posting is very important. Mm, mm -hmm. It's not like I'm going to post one video a month and be done. Like, I'm sorry, you're not going to really. You're not getting anywhere. It's kind of like blogging. (laughs) Yeah, It, It really is. It's, it's content, content, content. Michelle, what are your suggestions for what makes for a good video or a good post? 
So I agree with Tally. I think the number one thing is you want to provide value. And, you know, my top two ways is I either want to educate or I want to entertain. And I think the the best ones do both. Oh, mm -hmm. and so I try to make sure everything that I put out there falls under, you know, one of those categories or both of them. And I think it's worked out pretty well. And, you know, just be authentic, be genuine, because realistically, this is this is your advertising and you're talking to your potential consumer. So if you're not being yourself, you're not going to get your ideal client. But if you are being yourself, you're more likely to attract that client that you are going to get along with and you are going to be able to serve and be able to work with for the length of whatever that case may be. So I think it it just, you know, really validates. You need to put yourself out there and be yourself and it will all come back to you in, in a positive way. Very sage advice. Very wise. Any suggestions for what not to do when you're posting to social media? <laughs> bad videos, bad content, bad posts. What have you seen that you've been like, oh, cringe? I am trying to think. Michelle, do you, have you thought of anything that's been cringeworthy? Like just spammy stuff, like oh. where you can't even tell who the attorney is, you know, how is that relatable? You know, it's just talking in the third person. And I personally, I made that mistake at the beginning because I, I tried to be like the other law firms. And so I would talk in third person, like, oh, our managing partner, Michelle Fonseca, come on. In. <laughs> You're like, I felt like just. I don't know if I can curse, but something terrible, you know, and it just, it, it hurt to put out there. And so finally I kind of listened to my gut and was like, this isn't going to work. This doesn't feel good. It's not you. Yeah. And so I decided to kind of make that jump. And I remember at the beginning, it was scary as hell putting, you know, videos out there because, you know, there's, there's, there's trolls out there. I mean, there's sure. no way around that, but there's also a lot of good people you're going to be able to help. And the only way to really do that is to put yourself out there. So, you know, it, it gets easier with time is the second thing. You know, the first, you just have to get content out there. And the more you do it, the more consistent you are. You know, I try to post three times a week at a minimum. So the more videos you do, the more natural you will be. And especially as lawyers, you know, half of our, our jobs are to talk. So, you know, you putting yourself out there and explaining your area of law is only going to make you a better attorney because if you can explain it in 30 seconds or less, yeah. you know that law better than anyone else. So it helps you in your practice as well. It's not just, you know, the social media, it's actually making you a better attorney. So smart. Do you get trolled and do you get mean comments? Yeah. <laughs> what do you, how do you handle that? Tell, tell us, because I'm sure there's, I would die. I'd be like, delete and block. You bitch. You jerk. Kind of, you want those negative comments because that's what drives traction to your page. So when mm. you start getting trolls, it's bittersweet because you start seeing these people like, why are they writing such mean things about me? But then you're like, yeah. all right, keep doing it. I'm going to get more traction on my page. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like anything else. It's just a social setting and you have to ignore the mean girls and the mean guys. I mean, it's mean just, guys and, for me. and you don't let it get to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard not to, you know, have that witty come back all the time. Cause I just die inside. I'm just like, I need to say something and finish and then you them. Can't, you're like, Oh, I will be the bigger person here. Sure. Exactly. I mean, it is sort of like, and I imagine it's a lot like the guy sitting behind you in the third grade that would pull your ponytails, right? Like you just kind of go, oh, I know it's because you love me. 
jerks. <laughs> no, you guys, this is so interesting and it's been such a great conversation. You're inspirational. You're both just absolutely lovely and wise beyond your years. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us. Before I let you go, Michelle, tell everybody, tell everybody all the platform. Give, them all, give us all your, your um, social media handles. All right. So it's pretty easy. West Coast Lemons. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. My website's westcoastlemons.com. You can find all of my information on there. And have did you manage to get the same handle across all platforms? Because I got them in such chunks and pieces that sometimes it's LaTeX, sometimes it's LaTeX Partners. So I can't, I couldn't get consistent, but is yours consistent all the way across? I'm pretty sure it is. And I think if you just post lemons, it it tends to just auto-populate all of my social media stuff anyway. So So that's also that's also really powerful too. I mean, what you said is 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 powerful. You know, you've you've worked on this content, you've created a name for yourself inside these platforms, but Google recognizes all that too. So you can very easily say West Coast Lemons and you'll find me. What about you, Tally? What are your handles and what stories do you have to tell about those? Yeah. So I have my, my Instagram, I have two accounts. So it's my personal one is at Tally Goody ESQ. And my business is at Goody Law Group. And then my TikTok is my Instagram name for my personal account at Tally Goody ESQ. I think my YouTube is Goody Law Group. And I have a Facebook account that links to Goody Law Group Instagram. Oh, and LinkedIn is the same thing. Goody Law Group and then my name. It's hard to remember them too, because you never actually look at them. You just log in and, and there you go. So right. it's, it's funny. I always have to, yeah. I have to look all the time. Usually I have to go to my website and hit the social links to <laughs> grab them. So lazy. Anyway, yeah. thank you both so much. And I want everyone who's listening to go and follow these two absolutely lovely, smart, brilliant lawyers on all their on all their social media platforms, reach out to them. Let you let them know you heard about them on New Solo and be inspired by them. It's really clever and creative and modern. And I love hearing that it works. And I love hearing that you both are so happy and pleased with your practices that you chose. And um, it's been really nice. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much. I had a great time. All right. Well, we've reached the end of another great episode of New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. That was a great conversation. Please connect with us at LegalTalkNetwork.com forward slash new solo. Make sure you subscribe, tell your friends about this podcast, and give us a good rating if you appreciate new solo. See you next month. I've been running from nine to five, been biting my tongue for all this time. Won't let anyone cut me short. I was thinking this was the way to go, and you put up your puppet show. I say cheers to life. Just leave me alone.